This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, getting you ready for today's sports day. You know, three of the first four games have been at home, so you know at some point in time you're going to have to venture out outside the 806, so that'll be... That'll start this week. While having a little fun along the way. Always good if you can blame it on somebody else, right? Yeah, sure. Especially some media guy. Sure. Right, some media guy. Catch the show live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. If you want to give, if you want to say, hey, I, I heard it here. You might have heard it here first if you weren't listening last night. So Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford were on last night, okay? Uh, or they were in the room at least. And... Um, and because I left so we could go to uh, the basketball games, but there's there's been a little bit of discussion, and apparently Coach McGuire texted Coach Kitley this about putting Jalen Hutchings in at fullback. So if you see number ninety five at some point in time this year in fullback, I mean, it was kind of as a joke last night that I think I think Jalen or Tony had given Coach McGuire one of his questions. You know, what about putting in Jalen Hutchings at fullback? Kind of one of those deals, you know, kind of thing. I didn't hear exactly what the question was, but Coach McGuire, they were, he and Chris Lovell were laughing about it. And Coach McGuire's like, I can show you a text where I actually sent a text to Coach Kitley about putting him in in the backfield. So don't be surprised if you see that. Uh, was it after Donovan tried to attempted to run forward? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. To a stacked line. I don't know when he sent that. Is text. that when the text went through? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I thought that that is kind of like the old uh, William Refrigerator Perry, you know, kind of play. You know, putting 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 him in there. I have, I have no idea what kind of forty speed you know Jalen Hutchings has. But you know, well, he's, I wouldn't guess it was would be about him running the football. It would be more about being a lead blocker. Blocker, or, yeah. you know. But I mean, he's three ten. He probably could move the line. Uh, he handed him the ball, gave him a. But most most doubtly, you know, being a lead blocker. But anyway, yeah. don't be don't don't be surprised if you see that. Um, Tony, I will be. You will be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was, think that was probably him having fun, and well, uh, but uh, I I don't hate the concept. I mean, you get a big back, big guy back there mm-hmm. to, to kind of be a lead blocker and clear out an open lane, and and you'd have the extra blocker there in the backfield. So yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. So when I say don't be surprised, I'm just more of like you. W- if it happens now, you won't necessarily be surprised. You'll say, I'm surprised they did it, but I'm not surprised because Coach McGuire had previously said that that could possibly happen. Does that make sense? <laughs> Right? <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Sure it does. Okay. So don't, sure. You could yeah. be surprised, but don't be surprised by the surprise of yeah. Jalen Hutchings showing up in the backfield. I feel yes. like I need to carry a two in this conversation. You do? Yeah. Yes. Times okay. three. <clears throat> the other thing is, is that, and I don't know if this is, this was made in jest, so hopefully none of the gumshoes uh, were listening, because uh, back in the day, this would be considered an extra benefit, but now it's... I would imagine it's just part of uh, name, image, and likeness, and you know maybe just as a as a you know part of the old you know process that we're going through now of uh, pay for play. Uh, but uh, Coach McGuire did say that Tony Bradford could drive his Corvette for a month if he came back next year. Okay. Okay. But then he also went on to say, "Is hey, good luck getting into that seat <laughs> with your with your with his with, frame with your with your hips, right?" <laughs> um, it was also the the one I thought I enjoyed the most of that was the uh, would he trade houses? Yes, 
And he said, no, but uh, he can come live with us. My wife loves him. And so I thought that was nice. Yeah. 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 That was, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. I think funny Tony Bradford is a big time quality dude. We're blessed to have guys like him on our football program representing this university. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, 20 years from now, he's going to be, have done great things. No, no question. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's one of the good ones. I did think it was interesting, Coach McGuire saying uh, basically the, when he was talking about the officiating and being consistent and because somebody asked him, okay, can you define pass interference for me? Cause that's what the, that's what the question was. And that's where it started. He goes, well, he said, if you look at the definition of pass interference at 1306 or whatever it was in the third quarter, that's the play that you and I talked about quite a bit, you know, where miles price basically gets mugged and hugged and he still almost catches the ball. And that's, that's pass interference every time. I don't care who, if, what you're calling it tight, you're calling it loose. That's that's pass interference, right? Which it wasn't called then. And then the pass interference with like 1404 to go in the game, which is the one that's on uh Rashad, you know, on the six yard line. It was uh, second and goal. Oh, I thought that was pass interference on the offense, yeah, right. I did too. I, yeah. I did too. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't called that way, it was called pass interference on Rashad Williams. And it moves the ball uh, from the six and makes it first and goal as opposed to third and goal uh, from the six. So it goes to first and goal uh, basically from the two, and then they uh, they get a, a touchdown right away uh, from the running back. So anyway, that, that was just a couple of things uh, from uh, from last night. Six thirty-seven this morning here on the morning drive. We've talked about basketball a little bit. They'll um, they'll be back in action on Monday. And then the Lady Raiders play Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. And then they'll play a week from Sunday as well. So uh, it's, a, it's a busy time uh, with the convergence of, uh, of all the sports uh, taking place. Uh, I saw this yesterday, and I thought this was extremely curious. So uh, Frank Reich, your guy from uh, the Buffalo Bills who helped lead the Buffalo Bills back to a huge win against the Houston Oilers way, way back in the day. You know, he was fired this week. Jim, he was fired over the phone by Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay couldn't take the time to come to the office and fire him. He gets a phone call on Monday morning. Irsay was in town? I don't know if he was in town or not. But, I mean, he has, you know, means to get into town if you're going to fire somebody. You know? You'd like to think so, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if he was across the country or something, but still wanted to make the move. The uh, the quote from uh, Fox, is it Fox fifty nine? Yeah, Fox fifty nine. Didn't even know they had a Fox fifty nine. They're in Indianapolis. Their sports guy Mike Chappelle said uh, they talked. Frank Reich listened. Ursay informed his head coach he was being fired. Uh, the news came less than 24 hours after they lost to the New England Patriots. Apparently, Ursay wasn't available for a face-to-face, so the two are expected to get together, quote, in the next few weeks. That'll be fun. <laughs> why, why would we meet now? <laughs> do, you really, do, you need, do you need something for me, like where I've hidden the keys to the you know, office supplies or something like that? <laughs> Getting your sports day started the right way. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, breaking down the biggest games. If Texas Tech does not win the Big 12 Football Conference, who are you rooting for to win the conference? 
if Tech does not win it this year. Well, busting some chops along the way. I hold back on sending you stuff. I mean, I'm very, very, very judicious. We spend three hours a day, five right? days a week together. Why yeah. do, Why would yeah. we need to communicate during the weekends? <laughs> right. Save we it for the show. We, yeah, we, save, we do. We save it for the show. Tune into the Morning Drive live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Jamie, it's 11, 11, 22. 11 plus 11 is 22, and it's the year of our Lord, 2022. So 11, 11, 22. And here with all the news and notes is Jeff McGuire. Should have seen that one coming, Jamie. <laughs> We're smarter than that. 1943, New York Yankees pitcher Spud Chandler. Spud. Wins the AL MVP. St. Louis Cardinals outfielder Stan Musial wins the NL MVP. Hmm. 19, 1944, New York Rangers beat the Detroit Red Wings 5-2 to two to end the NHL record 25-game winless streak. Ooh. They were 0-21-4. Mm. 1960, a record then New York Knicks crowd for a uh, the third Madison Square Garden venue on 49th Street. 18,499 to the Knicks beat the Syracuse Nationals 112 to 108. You ever go to the old garden before they. Or, I've never been to Madison Square Garden. Never. Okay. Yep. Okay. Would you like to go there someday? Sure. Okay. Sure. 1981. The were, we're playing one of those games. Mm-hmm. 1981, L.A. Dodgers starter Fernando Valenzuela becomes the first Major League rookie to win a Cy Young Award. Brewers' Raleigh Finger takes the AL Cy Young Award. Did I say finger? It's definitely fingers. There's fingers, definitely a nest yeah. there. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. 100% nest there. Handlebar Raleigh mustache. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's more than one finger. You'd think he has 10 of them, especially five on his pitching hand. <laughs> it's definitely Raleigh Fingers. 1987. Or at Boston. least four fingers and a thumb. If he had five yeah. fingers, that would be, that'd be unique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boston Red Sox started. So the thumb. I'm sorry, Jeff. Nope. The th- you don't. I mean, the thumb doesn't qualify as a finger. No, it's no. four fingers and a thumb. You agree with that, Jeff? Five finger discount when you lift something. That so you know. <laughs> I think if I if I give me five. If I was in a accident of some sort and I lost my thumb mm-hmm. and the finger next to it, I would say I'm down to just three fingers, or I would say I lost two fingers in a. You lost a finger and a thumb? I, I, yeah. uh, I would say I lost two fingers. Hmm. Yeah. I think a thumb is a specialized finger. I think it still should be considered a finger. It's just a special one. What's more important, the thumb or your big toe? Thumb. Yeah. Because the big toe can be used as a thumb if you if you needed it. That's happened before. What? One of the, uh, why is it, why would you do that? Or why was the thumb more important? Or so well, many questions. Why, Jamie? Thumb, if you lost your thumb, you could use one of your big toes. Probably if you lost your right thumb. It'd be there's your, a surgery right, involved, Jamie, if that right helps. big toe, yeah. You're, there's for, he's forgetting a big step there that yeah. they can remove your big toe and make it your thumb. Make it your thumb. Well, that's a big thumb that you've got. Yeah, it used to be my big toe. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start from the beginning. Go ahead. Okay, if it's on my left hand, mm-hmm. I would. Re- I think I would rather have my big toe. I think big toe is so important and balance and mm-hmm. moving left, right, all that. 
I think if you lost your big toe, that'd be a bad deal. Try grabbing a cup. Well, without your again, thumb. my left hand, yeah. not the hand I knew, but I could grab a cup with a hand and yeah, that's true. And four fingers. You think? Yeah. <laughs> you don't think with a hand and four fingers? Oh, with, a, with the other hand, yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. Risa agrees with you. She says th- thumb is a finger in medicine. I'm with Jamie, but she's always with Jamie. It's good. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. That's the smart money is to be with Jamie. Jamie Kool Aid. Smart money is to be with you. <laughs> Bad money is to be with <laughs> with me. So we've seen somebody somebody in history has their yeah. thumb, oh, yeah. oh, their yeah, yeah, big yeah. toe removed, and yeah. and they sewed oh, yeah. it onto their yeah, so they could button their top collar button so they could tie their tie. I don't know that that was the reason, <laughs> but yes, they could then and actually button the top button. Mm-hmm. 1987, uh, Boston Red Sox starter Roger Clemens, who had you know five. Four fingers and a thumb on his hand. Uh, wins back-to-back AL Cy Young Awards. The Philadelphia Phillies starter, Steve Bedrosi. Bedro- Bedro- Steve Bedrosian. Steve Bedrosian. I know. I know. Okay. Take my word no for way that. I, I, no way I would have gotten that from there. Steve Bedrosian. Is the NL winner. I always went with Bedrosian. Okay. I have no idea which one is right. D- I mean... 1990. He was a bit player, so. Yeah. California Angel Chuck Finley and Seattle Mariner Randy Johnson combine to pitch a no-hitter in an exhibition game between the U.S. and Japanese All-Star teams. We could bring that back. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. Although, how are you going to get him to play? Yeah. 1997, Canadian-based players win the Cy Young Award. We can guess who they are. What year, 97? This is 97. There's two Canadian baseball teams at this point. Dave Steve, was he it? No, it's too that's too late for him. Canadian based players? Baseball teams. This is base. Okay, so they weren't players. Canadians. They were they played for the, the ex- Canadian baseball teams. Uh, the Expos okay. or the And the Blue and the Blue Jays. Jays. Was it? One from each. Nineteen ninety seven. Uh Clemens. That's one. And for <laughs> Expos. Wasn't Pedro was. It was Pedro. Very yeah. good. Wow, good job, Jamie. Yeah. And in 2013, Novak Djokovic claims back-to-back ATP World Tour Finals tennis titles with a 6-3, 6-4 win over Nadal in the final in London, England. Bad day. I was going to say, it made you sour, didn't it? It did. Um, something will make you feel better. It's National Sunday Day. Are you On a fan, Friday. Are you, fan, are you a fan of the Sunday? Yes, I mean, I... I tweak it a little bit. Whatever yellowness they got going on there. With pineapple. The pineapple, I'm I'm out. Whatever that well, is. Well, that would be the banana split. split. Oh, okay. He's just You're right. Sunday. Just a regular old Sunday. Yeah, just a good old-fashioned Sunday. Chocolate Sunday? No. No. 100% out on that. I, the chocolate's too rich for me. Strawberry? Strawberry, strawberry Sunday. With vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, happy birthday, Andreas Flores. Turns 31. Oh, cool. Wow. Uh, Demi Moore is 60. Mark Sanchez, 37. Victor Cruz, 36. And on this day in 1921, exactly three years after the end of World War I, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is dedicated in Arlington Cemetery. Uh, two days before, an unknown American soldier who had fallen somewhere on the World War I battlefield arrived at the nation's capital for a military ceremony in France. On Armistice Day, uh, in the presence of President Harding and other government military in, and international dignitaries, the unknown soldier was buried with the highest honors bestowed uh, beside the Memorial Amphitheater, also a soldier was lowered into the final resting place, two inches of soil, brought from France, 
were placed underneath them, and that is this day in sports history. And very quickly, time for our word of the day. And our word of the day at 6.45-ish, now at 6.54, is Cowboys. Cowboys. Go to DoubleT973.com and enter that in. You could win $10,000 a week from today from Double T 973 and The Home Zone. You're listening to the Morning Drive Podcast from Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 973, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. A little bit later on tonight, uh, we'll have uh, the Astros and the Diamondbacks. That'll be at 8. And then the Rangers playing at Seattle uh, tonight. And also bringing some humor to your day. Well, was it pretty big? Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. It's, yeah, was it fascinating? It was. I thought it was fascinating. It <laughs> kind of smelled, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hear the show live weekday mornings at six on Double T ninety seven three or on the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. Thanks for being with us. Take your thoughts this morning on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Benchmark Hotline is open as well. Four and five Texas Tech against six and three Kansas tomorrow. KU is three and three in the Big Twelve. Uh, Texas Tech is two and four in the Big Twelve. Uh, Texas Tech with a win would uh, give themselves a, an opportunity to, to have a terrific home record. It has been since two thousand nine when the Red Raiders last finished six and one at home. You're four and one right now, so you'd have to win tomorrow and then the last game of the year, the Saturday after Thanksgiving against Oklahoma, which seems very doable. Uh, possible, sure. Yeah, seems seems doable. Uh, how about this for Krishan Merriweather? He had his third game with ten or more tackles at TCU, and the fifth of his Red Raider career as he made eleven stops against the Horned Frogs. So he and uh, Tyree Wilson right now uh, currently rank 18th in the FBS and second in the Big 12 for solo tackles. Uh, the team leading uh, 78 tackles for him uh, through nine games is the best since the start of the 2000 season, trailing only uh, players like Jordan Brooks, who had 98 in 2019, Dakota Allen, who had 82 in 2015, Brunt Bird, forget about him, 79 in 2010, and Dwayne Slay, 79 in 2005. All those guys are you know, really up there in terms of, you know, defensive standouts, history yeah. of Texas Tech football. Yep, those were good ones. Um, they had 10 tackles for loss against TCU. It was only the fifth time since the start of the 2000 season that Texas Tech has notched at least 10 tackles for loss against a Big 12 opponent. That could be a key for tomorrow. I mean, if you can – because the thing you look at, I think, from – when you look at these two teams, they've they've had such a different journey to where they are in terms of some of their stats because KU piled up wins against Tennessee Tech and Duke in addition to beating Houston. That's that's a common opponent. Um, KU also uh, beat West Virginia in Morgantown, common opponent, although it took them to overtime. Uh, they've beaten Iowa State. Tech has yet to play them. Uh, they lost at home to TCU. Tech lost on the road to TCU. And then they have a loss away from home at OU and a loss away from home at Baylor, thirty-five to twenty-three. Uh, I think, and I think the thing about that game is KU played better in the second half than they did the first half. But I feel like that overall, Texas Tech probably played a more complete game against Baylor than KU did. Okay. Just be, the thing that was impressive about for KU standpoint uh, in the Baylor game 
is that Baylor led like 28 to three at the half. And so they only scored a touchdown in the second half, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, and then, you know, of course they have the win over Oklahoma state, uh, 37, uh, to 16 and tech lost at home, uh, to Oklahoma state 41 to 31, but it's a completely different Oklahoma state team that played, I say completely different, substantially different. Appears that way. Yeah. From what, what they played last week than what tech played earlier in the mm-hmm. season. But here, here, this may be of all the stats, Jamie. This may be the this may be the one, and we've talked about this every single week. But the disparity this week is pretty large. Kansas in uh, the turnover margin is plus eight, plus eight. That's twelfth in the NCAA's, and it's second in the Big Twelve. Texas Tech is minus eight in the turnover margin, hundred and twentieth in the FBS, and tenth in the Big Twelve. So, I mean, it's Captain Obvious stuff, but, you know, can you can you just play them even? If you just played them even, is that enough to win, you know, in terms of the turnover margin? If you played Kansas even? Yeah. Yes, it absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. Um, I mean, Kansas, you would think, probably has to say they're the one that's saying... We have a chance to get two or three here. We 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 need we need to be plus if we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The um, is Kansas favored in this game? Uh, to be honest with you, Jamie, no, I don't think so. I think yeah. I, I, I'm 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 constantly maybe I should do a better job of watching the line. I'm constantly asked by people who's favored, and um, I've just never been a I've never been a line watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, me, me neither, but I, I mean, you're kind of talking there like Kansas is the favorite and the Red Raiders uh, um, need to be plus whatever to win. And no, I, I feel like it's the opposite to okay. me. Uh, Tech is favored by three and a half. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, but I, I, I guess my point was when I, when I look at some of these other numbers, like KU is third in scoring offense, Tech is seventh. KU is fifth in rushing offense, Tech is eighth. Tech is first in passing offense, KU is ninth. Then you look at total defense, Tech is fourth, KU is ninth. So that's 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 the other thing, too, where there's a big advantage for the Red Raiders. Their defense has played substantially better, I think, you know, over the consistency of the season than Kansas. Mm-hmm. No question. Okay. Kansas defense is not good. Um, tackles for loss. Their offense is good. Tackles for loss, Big 12 is third, KU is ninth. And then... Uh, Total defense, I told you, and then I told you it was fourth and ninth. So anyway, that's that's the it's kind of the some of the matchups there. Um, one thing, just a statistical note for uh, Texas Tech: Sir Roderick Thompson needs fifty yards to um, match Baron Batch for ninth place in uh, career rushing yards. He enters the weekend with two thousand four hundred and sixty-one. Nice. So he's a guy that could have a good day too. Um, I'd be a fan of that. Yeah, and um, I, I think you're, I think you're running back. I think your offense in general should have a big day tomorrow. Is there is there something uh, something key that you're looking for tomorrow? Do you think do you think it's passing down the field? Do you think there's a big opportunity there? Um, I I think being able to run the football is key. Uh, not put pressure on all the pressure on whoever is your quarterback. 
So I, I think if you can get Sir Roderick and, and Taj going, your offensive line can create the openings for that to happen, then I think you've got a shot. Somebody said, did you hear yourself? Baylor killed us. For, I, I understand that 45 to 17, but it was a much closer game than that. Well, it's funny. It was a funny game because you were getting blown out early. I mean, you were not in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the game, and it felt like you, you were, you were getting crushed. And then all of a sudden, it was twenty four seventeen, and then you were in it for a minute, and then it all fell apart again. Yeah. So it felt like for the majority of the game, Baylor was dominating you, but there was a stretch in there where it's like, okay, we're in this thing, you know, and you know, into the late into the third quarter, we're like, hey, we're right here, mm-hmm. and then it went bad again. Yeah, I guess. I guess when I was just comparing the two games, I felt like Tech was in it more against Baylor than KU was in it against Baylor. I didn't watch a single snap of the Baylor KU game. I just so, saw the score. So anyway, that that was just my that was just that was just my take. That was just my take on that. Seven twenty three this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, other games in the Big Twelve tomorrow. Oklahoma is at West Virginia. That's an eleven a.m. kick. Iowa State at Oklahoma State two thirty. Uh, then Tech and Kansas play at six. And then uh, tomorrow night also, K-State is at Baylor. That is a 6 o'clock kick. And then TCU at Texas, a 6.30 kick. How many road teams win tomorrow? Um, Oklahoma will. Is that it? TCU? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. Oklahoma is God is the only road win. Okay. All right. I will do a pun for the review. We'll make official predictions. I also have the standings for the pun for the review. Okay. Okay. Jamie's got a question of the day. That is next here this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Your morning dose of coffee and sports. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. All right, here is my question for you guys today. This is pretty wide-ranging with my Raider football, so I'm expecting some different responses (laughs) off the wall. Well, I, I, I think you can count on off the wall. Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. I'll never live that down. As you shouldn't. What has been the biggest surprise about the 2022 Red Raider football season? The biggest surprise. Um... That we have been, um, I think, over more aggressive than I thought on fourth down. <laughs> I thought we were going to be aggressive on fourth down. I didn't think we were going to be, from our own 36, aggressive on fourth down. Before the season started, you thought we would be aggressive on, on fourth down? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I mean, that's kind of developed. But that was after week one. Um I was just trying to be. I was trying to be different. You told me to be off the wall, so I was trying to be just a little. Well, my bit answer was would my answer would have been uh, how many times you've gone forward on fourth down. Okay, that would have been my answer. Okay, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I would, I'd I say would, I, I'd say no idea that that was coming. No clue whatsoever. That number, yeah, absolutely. I I, I didn't see that coming. 
uh, I didn't see that coming. The other, my other thought was just the um, emergence and success of uh, Xavier White from an individual player standpoint. Okay. The fact that we need milk cartons to find our tight ends. We need what? Milk cartons, milk missing cartons. persons. Because <laughs> as much as we talked about tight ends in the off season, as much as the coaches talked about it in the fall, mm-hmm. I mean in the spring and in the fall. I figured you would be running your offense through your quarterback and tight end play, and they are somewhere. I don't know where. They're on the roster. They played in games. I've seen them have snaps. (laughs) Have not seen them have catches. Okay. Um, Is there a train? I, that's what, I, I was trying to figure out where the where's the train. Where, where the, the, there's the train tracks uh, to the uh, to the east of us. It's uh, very loud today. But it's very loud today. Yeah. yeah, I guess he was just blowing his horn. I guess so. He's we could hear it all the, way th- all the all through the through the walls here. Um, I think that's a good one, Jeff. The tight ends. I mean, I expected them to be a big big factor. Uh, if I wasn't going to go with just how many times you've gone mm-hmm. for it on fourth down, I. I mean, if I was going to go specifically with a player, I, I would. I mean, Tyree Wilson. I mean, but is he a surprise? I don't think I thought he was going to be this good. Okay. I mean, we are talking about more QB pressures than anybody in the country. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, and them talking about him being first top round. half of the first round. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think he was yeah, that good. That, that's that's. I fair. didn't realize he was that good. Now, did I think he was a good player? No, no doubt. But man. He's been crazy good. He uh, enters the weekend as one of three Power 5 players to rank in the top 10 of the FBS for tackles for loss per game, as well as the top 20 for sacks per game, where he's currently 18th in the FBS. Hmm. Yeah. And like you said, projected to be top half of the first round. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to be that good. Yeah. yeah that, that's, that's fair. That, that is very fair. Yeah. So... That would be the, if if there was an individual player. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you wanted to go on the negative side of things, you could probably go with how small of a factor Miles Price has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have a huge season. Mm-hmm. Huge season. I thought he'd be the go-to guy in a pass-happy offense. And injuries have obviously been, played a major role in that, but. I just don't think he's ever just gotten into it, gotten the flow going, unfortunately. Let's get and do a quick, some quick math here. Yeah, you've gone for it on fourth down 5% of your plays. So you've run 770 offensive plays this year, and you've run on fourth down 42 times. Tech is 25 of 42 on fourth down. Opponents are 6 of 15. On fourth down, and I think opponents end up going for it more because you push, you push the envelope a little bit, and they're kind of forced to react a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, the, and then the other thing too is, I think opponents have looked at us and gone, well, you know, fourth and two, we've been running the ball pretty, you know, decently well. We can we can go for it here on on uh, on fourth down, mm-hmm. and and pick up pick up a first down. I think we're seeing. Are we seeing? Does it seem like we're seeing more of that in college football? But maybe maybe not so. KU is uh, 6 of 11 on fourth down. 
their opponents are 14 of 21. So maybe they feel like that. Maybe they feel the same way. Maybe opponents of Kansas feel like, hey, their defense is not very good. If it's fourth and two or fourth and three, we're going we're gonna to go for it here because they've been successful 67% of the time. So that might lead to something for tomorrow as well that could be even more aggressive. We'll go for it from our own 25, Jamie. Fourth and two. You know what? If you're down seven with two minutes left, I'm all for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a feeling if it's going to be, you could be down seven with two minutes to go in the first quarter and do that. I would not be in favor of that. Yeah, I I understand that. I I understand that. Um, Despite all the turnovers, uh, Texas Tech has only given up 37 points off of turnovers, despite all the turnovers. Um, And you've you've had 16 interceptions. Uh, you've only intercepted the ball five times. Maybe, maybe the other thing that you could say from a surprise standpoint is, given given the uh, emphasis on the take three, uh, in terms of trying to take the ball away from the opponent and be plus three, the that that hasn't panned out. I. I think every coaching staff tries to turn, get okay. forced turnovers. Yeah, no, I, I mean just because they they came up with this take three thing, mm-hmm. it's it's not anything new. Every every defensive coordinator, every head coach, they want turnovers. Just because they said it didn't make me think it was going to automatically. I understand happen. that, but I mean, it just was a pretty large point of emphasis. It seemed like your morning blend of sports. K State is uh, coming off a big win over Oklahoma. Of course, the Red Raiders off there. 37-34, overtime win over number 22, Texas. And humor. Sure to tell them that. You, you suggested that. <laughs> and, of course, they got a big laugh. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Catch the show live weekdays from 6 to 9 on Double T 97.3 FM or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. I believe in miracles. That's why I believe that we can entertain you for the next 59 minutes and some change. With Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Maybe inform, maybe make you laugh, maybe make you throw something against the wall. I I don't know. Uh, Hopefully, if you've got something you throw against the wall, it's something that won't break. Uh, We come to you this morning from the First United Bank Double T 97.3 studio. Are you a thrower against the waller kind of guy? Not very often, right? Um, It's very, very rare, and it usually doesn't. I don't ever get that angry over a sporting event. Or anything. No, my children have made me pretty angry before. <laughs> Fighting over clothes. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, just sometimes I, I just leave. <laughs> what do you do? You drive do you drive around the bar? No, I'll just go for a walk. <laughs> go for a walk. Where's, where's daddy? He walked to the radio station or he... I just go for a walk. I, I once worked for a guy... Cause I'm not fixing it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not fixing it. I mean, you're mm-hmm. fighting over whose clothes are whose, and mm-hmm. who was uh, you or my sweatshirt? Well, where is it? I don't mm-hmm. know. I put it away. No, you didn't. You can't wear my sweatshirt because you didn't return. I, I mean, like I'm just like I'm out. I can't stand this. Mm-hmm. Let me let me take every bit of clothing I've ever purchased for you two, and uh, so we can't fight over them anymore. You want to just like give it away? Yes, just want to give it away. Okay. So when we get in those modes, mm-hmm. I... You load up the trunk with their clothes. I am not uh, <laughs> the person you want to be around. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why I just leave. Okay. <laughs> or 
before I close the bedroom door. <laughs> I, I once worked for a guy who was based out of Dallas, and uh, his son and daughter-in-law worked for me, and uh, that was the lesson in life. Um, and he, you worked for a guy. He, he and he then his son and daughter-in-law worked for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it was, it was a. It did not end well. Well, <laughs> just for them, okay. I'll just say this. But one day he he came to Lubbock. He flew into Lubbock, and um, I was out. I was out on, a, on an appointment, and I and I came back, and his. These two were traditionally late, but they 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 performed. So I mean, that was there were some things that I could you know get. There were some things that I could control and things I couldn't control. And that was one of the things I couldn't control was them getting to work at eight thirty in the morning. They just for whatever reason they just they struggled with that, but they performed. So anyway, the bottom line was, his wife called me and she called me like once every six months, you know, just with random questions, and she said, Chuck. What is going on there? And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, Ken just came home and he he was just so upset. He had been to Lubbock today and he walked home from the airport. He literally walked home from Love Field to Highland Park. And I said, first of all, I didn't even know he was here. I said, I've been, I've been out all morning. But he, he, he was so mad when he came to Lubbock and didn't wasn't happy with not seeing his son and daughter-in-law at work at the proper time. And he knew that I was out making calls and um, didn't leave me a note or anything. This is before email. And uh, and he walked home from Love Field. He was so mad. And I believed it. How far was it? Mm-hmm. Well, it, was just, it was summer. But I, we're, we're talking Love Field to Highland Park. I mean, it's several miles. Okay. I mean, he was not in the best of shape. <laughs> but it's like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Oh, <clears throat> there are not many things that get me that angry. Yeah. It's just, you know, kids fighting over things that. No, I got you. Are unnecessary to fight over. That That's where I. We just, never had that. Yeah. We never could. But our kids weren't as close together as yours. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it really yeah. makes me lose my mind. Uh, this. Um, Chuck, have you ever seen the Wheat Liberty Bell? It's one of the eight wonders of Kansas. Clint is a bad Kansan and has never seen it. Well, I guess I'm worse because I've never even heard of it. So I don't know anything about that. I have no idea. <clears throat> uh, JL, Chuck, how far was it? Chuck, it was summer. <laughs> in Arkansas. Okay. In Arkansas. <laughs> Eight oh six this morning. Here on the morning drive. Uh this maybe that's why Chuck tells people it's okay to be late. They broke him. Yeah, they did. Broke they broke him. They broke me. They did. <clears throat> they broke me. They broke me. So many different ways. Oh, uh, anyway. So um I bet you were King Craig says it's four miles. Love Field of uh, Highland Park is approximately four miles. Thank you, okay. King Craig. It's a good walk. Yeah, it's a good walk. It's, it's a good, good exercise. Good walk for a guy that wasn't in good shape. Uh, well, <laughs> he's in better shape after that. I don't know. Oh, um, Tech basketball last night. They, they come away with a victory. Did you have, did you have any like, 60,000, 30,000 foot view of this game that 
you know, made that kind of stood out to you in, in some form or fashion? Um, no, I mean, nothing like jumped out to me as, oh man, we're in trouble or mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, you know, you did a better job uh, with turnovers, just 12. It found like, I don't know. It, it just felt for a much of the game that it was kind of sloppy, okay. not necessarily with the Red Raiders, but it just, Texas Southern was, was sloppy and it kind of made for a, I don't know, not super well-played game. I thought the Red Raiders um, did everything that they needed to do. Again, the the rebounding thing jumps out at you a little bit because Texas Southern is not like that's a high, high-caliber team and they mm-hmm. out-rebound you. But, um, you know, you're missing your big man right now. And the problem is you don't know when you're going to get him back. So you've got to be able to play without him. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I, I, I like the balance scoring with three players and double figures. I, I thought... You continued to attack the rim. You didn't shoot it as well from beyond the arc as you did last time out, but that's you know somewhat expected at times. So I mean, nothing really jumped out at me. Didn't uh, shoot it as well in the second half. Uh, you were seventeen of twenty nine from the field in the first half, eleven of thirty two in the second, three of eight from distance in the first, two of nine. Shot better from the free throw line in the second half, ten of twelve versus seven of ten. Hey, does Davion Harmon remind you of anybody? Because I had two two different people bring up the same name with regard to him. And it's only two games into seeing him, but... Damon Stoudemire. Okay, Bryson Williams from last year? One was a post and one's a point guard. I'm just talking about the the hustle and the... (laughs) But two different people brought that up. (laughs) I'm just telling you. (laughs) They both. I know, I know. They both play basketball for Texas Tech. Okay. Yep, they, they, same guy. <clears throat> okay, well. I'm. If you tell me it's about a specific thing, but, I mean, they're nothing like each other. Maybe just the hustle, maybe the aggressiveness. I don't know. Okay, I maybe, could probably buy into some maybe, of that. Maybe that, maybe okay. that. But that. You need to stop listening to other people, man. I am going to stop listening to other people. You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.